to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. grateful lord we thank you for a time like this for a moment like this to come before you to hear your word lord indeed you said you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction father this evening as we hear your word deliver us heal us from every sickness illness any type of ailment and Lord, use us as point of contact to reach our loved ones and heal them, restore them in the name of Jesus. Father, deliver us from every form of destruction as your word comes forth. Your word says that you sent your word and heal them and deliver them from their destruction. Therefore, Lord, let us not walk into the same destruction that the enemy has set before us because we come before you to hear your word. Tonight, give us of your Holy Spirit to minister to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats and turn with me to Genesis chapter 19 and verse number one. Preach. Now, we have been sharing from the book Backsliding by our prophets. We've been sharing from this book Backsliding. And I believe all of you have your books and we are reading it together. And I believe you are appreciating it very much. And um, we have gone through a lot of things concerning backsliding. We talk about what is backsliding. We talk about the description, biblical description of backsliding. We talk about the principal causes of backsliding. And we talk about the psychology of backsliding. When someone is backsliding, when someone is backsliding in their walk with God, what is their psychology? What is their mindset? What is it that they are thinking about? We went through all of that. And now we're talking about the symptoms of backsliding, the symptoms of backsliding. And um, I explained to you that um, symptoms are outward signs or outward um, measures that we identify to um, guide us or tell us about some hidden destruction or disaster that awaits us. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. That it is not sometimes so obvious that this symptom that we are experiencing is leading to some destruction. Do you see? And it is used, this type of thing is used a lot in the area of medicine, you know, where doctors identify symptoms. You know, you tell them about what you're feeling 
and how you are feeling, and they come up with what is most likely happening inside your body or with you based on the symptoms you see. So they have studied to identify the symptoms and based on that, they are able to make diagnosis of an impending serious disease or illness. And with that, you are able to prevent it from happening if you identify these symptoms. You understand? Now, sometimes even you are having the symptoms, but they are not that obvious to you. They don't mean much to you. Do you see? If you are having nausea and vomiting and you are not urinating much, you you wouldn't think that your kidney is failing. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And so on and so forth. But such symptoms can tell you that something is happening. Sometimes a rash on your skin is showing a very serious illness that is within. Do you understand? And so somebody who has studied, somebody who is a specialist in that area, is able to identify that this thing that you are showing is a symptom of this serious disease. Do you see? Mechanics also, you know, we are saying, they also identify serious um, uh, mechanical problems based on symptoms. You tell a mechanic, your car is making this type of noise. You know, when you start it, it goes in a certain way before it comes on and they say, oh, then it must be your starter. It must be your this. It must be that. And it must be this. And so they come up with all kinds of things to help you solve that problem because if you don't, it can lead to sometimes a very serious damage that can cost you a lot. Do you understand? So that noise may not even mean much to you, Mm. but the mechanic hears the noise and then he sees a very serious problem. And so it is with our spiritual life also, Mm. you know? So some also, somebody who is also a pastor who I have studied that these symptoms, when you are showing these symptoms, when you are showing certain things, or when you are identifying certain things in your life, it's a sign that you are about to fall out of the faith. You are backsliding. There are signs or symptoms that show that somebody is at risk for backsliding or somebody is backsliding. Do you understand? Yes. And that is why I am also taking my time to go through these symptoms with you. Okay. And last week I gave you one of the symptoms. Do you remember? We went through one of the symptoms. And what was the symptom? Bad company. We said bad company. When someone is born again and he maintains a bad company, it is a serious symptom of backsliding. It is someone who is falling out of the faith. Someone who is not going to last. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And we give so many examples that when you keep bad company, you see, we are not saying that you will not have an association with uh, people of the world. There's no such thing. You know, we live with people of the world. We relate with them. We work with them. Some of them are our bosses. In fact, most of them, you know, I mean, most of our bosses are, you know, not Christians or they are not believers. And they give us instructions. We relate with them. We, 
and so on and so forth. But we don't keep them as company. Do you understand? We do not keep them as company. And anyone who keeps such company, we have to relate with them. I mean, if we are going to, our lives are going to be light that will shine before men, it is a relationship that you have to have. Do you understand? But our lives should shine as light. Do you understand? We should not be in the same darkness with them. That is keeping company. You see, we should not be at the same level that is keeping company. Mm. You see, we should not relate to God the same way they relate. That is keeping company. Okay, so we should we should be an example. We should be the salt of the world. Amen. Okay, and we, we 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 our lives should be ministry to them. Our lives should minister to them. We cannot speak the same way they speak. Mm. Okay, we cannot use certain language the same way because you that is the best way to express yourself. We cannot be like that. Mm. Okay, and that is keeping company. When you feel very comfortable, when you are accepted like that, when you are so welcome and they cannot see any difference in your life and theirs, you are keeping company with bad or unbelievers you are keeping a bad company you are and you are keeping company with unbelievers that is what it means are you understand what i'm sharing with you and because you cannot i mean you have relatives who are unbelievers you are relatives who are not saved okay and you cannot cut them off but your life should be a ministry to them your life should minister Life, your life should minister Christ to them. Amen. Amen. When they look at you, they should see Jesus. Amen. Isn't that so? Isn't a song like that that we sing? That when people look at me, let them see Jesus. Oh, we just sing it, you see, but we don't leave it. Yes. But truly, when people look at you, let them let your life reflect that of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Say amen. Amen. You don't like my message. It's powerful. We're enjoying it. Let's continue. So today I want to go on to the second symptom. The second symptom of backsliding. So we're still talking about symptoms of backsliding. And we are talking about the second symptom. So Genesis chapter 19 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 1. It says, and there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early, and go on your ways. You know, let me pause here for a second. You see, this is Lot living in Sodom. I believe you have heard the story. You have read the story many times. But look at this verse. You know, the Bible says, Lot sitting there beheld these people. He saw them. You see, he saw these men. 
Look back. He says, and there came two angels to Sodom at even. Two angels, but they came in the form of man. Do you see? And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And I believe that Lot was not the only person sitting at the gate. Do you understand? Yeah. I believe that Lot was not the only person sitting at the whole city gate. And Lot, seeing them, rose up. Of all the people that were there, Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. So do you agree with me that Lot, I mean, Lot was not that like, probably was not a lonely man. He wasn't a beggar that was sitting at the gate. Do you understand? He was a wealthy man. And mostly rich people don't sit alone. So I believe there were some other people sitting with him, you know, big people that sit at the city gate, you know, and Mm -hmm. people greet them and things like that. So he was sitting there and he saw these men and the Bible says, and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And then verse two says, and he said, behold, now my lords, turn in, I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. You know, so nobody told Lot that angels are coming and these men are angels. True. Lot was living in Sodom. We know about Sodom. Hmm. So what I'm trying to point out to you here is, you see, for the upbringing, for instance, that we give our children, you know, that we bring them to church, you know, we take them through all kinds of things in church, you know, we sharing the word of God with them. And sometimes they grow up and it's as if they are deviating from the faith. They are not committed the same way. They are not doing things the same way as they were children. I want you to understand that there is a foundation that has been laid in them. And when a time comes, it's a rise up again. And so never give up, never give up. Lot had left out of greed. He had left Abraham and he had gone to Sodom. And the Bible says that what led him to Sodom was actually greed and, you know, um, I mean, plenty, prosperity and these things. It wasn't about God. He was not following to go to Sodom because of God. But he had walked with Abraham. He had seen Abraham serve God. He had heard about Abraham talking about God. And so that foundation was still in him. And so when he sees angels among all the people, he can identify angels. He can identify God. When the time comes for salvation, remember that the foundation that has been laid in the children, it shall rise up. Somebody will just say a word again and will figure them back again. So never give up. Never give up. They'll always encourage them. Just encourage them. So the Bible says, and they say, I just, this is just by the way, I just, as I was reading, it just ministered to me and I felt like sharing with you. And they said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Mm. You see, and as we continue, you will see the kind of people that were around who see no angels because there's no foundation in them. Mm. They were never taken to church. They were never at prayer meetings. They never stayed in church, Sunday school, none of these things. Do you understand? 
So just take note that you are laying a great foundation for your children. I love it. Okay. So, and it says, and he pressed upon them greatly and they turned in unto him and entered into his house and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. The next verse says, but before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men which came into thee this night? Mm. Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Do you see? They say, where are the men? They, know, they don't know angels. Do you understand? They saw men. Of mm. course, they were very unique. They are angels and angels in the form of men. They are very unique. You can probably see that these people are not from this city. So they identify them right away. They are not from here. Right? But for all they see, they were men. And in Sodom, men sleep with men. Okay. They were handsome, beautiful men. Mm. So when they saw them, they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Where are they? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. That means that we will sleep with them. Forgive. All the city from every corner. Can you imagine? What a shock. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after them. So Lot went out. You know how sometimes somebody is coming into your house and you don't want the person in. So you come out and you close the door and you stand behind the door talking to the person. Do you understand? Especially salespeople, you don't want them. They, or some, you know, somebody is coming with some truck when you are in the well. You know, you come out, what? What do you want? And you confront the person right at the door. That is what Lot did. He came out, shut the door and stood there and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Do not so wickedly. You see, some foundation is in Lot. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me pray. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Forgive. Wow. Free offer. <laughs> you see, I am, we, I mean, we are talking about backsliding. We are not there yet, but I'm just trying to exhort you with this scripture that we are reading that a foundation has been laid in Lot. Mm-hmm. You understand? And now he's standing in and he's willing to make this sacrifice. His two virgin daughters, he says, they have not known man. Two daughters, mm-hmm. virgin. And he's willing to give them sacrifice for God. Wow. Except God be in you. You will not do a thing like that. Except God be in you. Do you understand? So he says, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. And do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Only Unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Mm. And they said, 
stand back, stand back, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow, that means Lot, this one fellow came in to sojourn. That means he, this foreigner came to stay with us and he will needs be a judge now. He's going to judge us. Like he's telling them that, oh, take my girl instead of the men. So the men are, they are upset that you, you are a foreigner. You don't, you don't know what we do here. This is our tradition. Now you are coming to judge us that sleeping with men is bad. So we should take your daughters. We want men, not your daughters. (laughs) Forgive. Bring angels to us. Mercy. (laughs) He says, and they said again, this one fellow came into sojourn and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them? That means if you bring yourself, we will take you instead. (laughs) And we will be worse with you than even with those two men. Forgive. And they pressed sore upon the man. They were fighting him, pressing sore upon the man. Even Lot, attacking him, trying to break the door. And they came near to breaking the door. Mm. Okay. But the man, that means the angels, they opened the door like this, put forth their hand and pull Lot into the house onto them. And then they shut the door. Mm. And of course, when God shuts a door, no man can open. So this yeah, is what yeah. they did. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness. Mm. Now, mind you, this was all the men from every quarter of the city that came, mm. young and old. They smote them with blindness, both small and great, so that they worried themselves to find the door. They couldn't even find the door. They were just knocking at other neighbors' doors. They thought that's where the, the people were. And the man said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? So now these angels, after they shut the door, they said to Lot, Do you have anyone besides you in the house? He said, And the man said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son in law, and thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. Mm. Why? For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. Mm. Now I want you to remember this, that Mm. you see, Lot was in Sodom, Lot was in a place where God has sent the angels to go and destroy. Now, a foundation has been laid in the life of Saul, in the life of Lot. Lot knows God. Lot can see God. Lot can identify God. Now, someone had intervened. Someone had prayed. Pleaded with these angels. We don't have time to go back. But before these angels set forth to come to Sodom, they went to Abraham. And Abraham interceded on behalf of Lot and his family. I want you to remember this. That you should continue to intercede for your children, 
intercede for your loved ones, intercede for your friends, continue to intercede for them because your prayers, they make power, powerful effects in their salvation. Amen. Your prayers will save them. When the angels were setting forth to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, they were going to destroy everyone. But mm. Abraham interceded. And for that, salvation is coming to the house of Lot. Hallelujah. Amen. So yes, children may look like they are backslidden. They have gone into the well. They don't care about church anymore. Continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for them. And the Lord will deliver them. When the time comes, the Lord will deliver them. Hallelujah. Amen. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord had sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Ab, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. If you read other versions, the Bible says, when he went to them, to say, get up, get ready. Let's get out of this city because God is going to destroy it. The Bible says, some other version says, he seemed as one, somebody who was joking. Sometimes when you share salvation with people, you look like a joker. You look like you are uneducated. You know, sometimes they look at you with certain eye, like how can you a brilliant person like you believe in such a thing. You know, they look like something is wrong with you. So when Lot went to witness to his sons-in-laws and their daughters, the Bible says they looked at him as one. He seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. God's time, it cannot change. The time for the destruction of the city was here, it's now. And Lot was delaying, dilly-dallying. Perhaps his wife was trying to pick up some jewelry, you know, his, her wigs, her makeup, you know, and then as she was coming, she remembered, hey, my this. And then she's picking up her things, you know, her mini skirts and all kinds of things that she has, you know, because she lives in Sodom. She flows with the fashion. Mm. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? And she's trying to gather all these things to come along, to bring them along. And the angel says, get up, get ready, let's go, arise, hasten. Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters and get out lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. You'll be consumed in the iniquity. And while he lingered, do you see? While he lingered, because his, they, are, they will touch their fridge. Hey, this fridge, we are going to leave this. Their TV, they, they touch this. They touch this. You know, there are certain things that weigh us down. 
they weigh us down when our salvation come into conflict with these things. They weigh us down. Their jobs weighing us down. Your schooling weighing you down. Your career weighing you down. When it comes to your salvation and the angels, they don't see anything but you and your salvation. And they say, get out, get out. And while he lingered, the man laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto them. You see, sometimes when we are doing certain things to you, you think we are harassing you. Yeah. You know, when we are saying, pray, come on a prayer line. Why are you not opening your mouth to pray? Why are you not fasting? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing your quiet time? Do this. Why are you not in church? And we are calling you, sending you messages. And then church has started. And then someone will send you a message and say, church has started. Join. And you say, oh, am I a child? You know, and you are behaving like that. Do you see? I know the time. I know when church starts. You don't need to send me this message. You know, when we're sending you these messages and we are reminding you five more days, three more days, two days more, this, five minutes more, and you are getting irritated, not knowing that it is just the Lord being merciful unto you. Wow. Wow. You are preaching good. That what seems to be a harassment is God being merciful unto you. Amen. When we give you something to do in church, some work to do in church, and you feel it's a bother, oh, they are bothering me. When we are asking you to come for shepherd's meeting, when we are asking you to follow up certain people, and you feel that we are harassing you, you don't know that God is just being merciful to you. So the angels grabbing them, I believe Lord's wife was not happy at all. She was not. I said, Where are these men? I mean, look, we have lived in this city for so long. What I mean, what are you even talking about? But just the God's mercy just dragged her and she dropped all her, you know, lingerie, her jewelry, you know, the mini skirts. Some of them dropped. Yeah. Because the angel could not could care less. The police. Yeah. And they dragged them. <laughs> Expensive makeup, it fell. You know, I mean, somebody has given her this cologne that she has kept for three years. She has not, he uses it on special occasions. Yeah. She has expensive wigs, very expensive human wigs, human hair. Brazil, uh, Argentina type. <laughs> and they were all dead, but the angels dragged them. Hey. Amen. The Peru had to, Peru. And all of this, it was the Lord being merciful. merciful. Oh. The Lord oh. being merciful. Amen. The Lord being merciful. merciful. Amen. And they brought him forth and hmm. set him without the city. That means set him outside of the city. Hmm. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, escape for thy life. Hmm. Look not behind thee. Hmm. Neither stay thou in all the plains. Escape hmm. to the mountain, lest 
thou be consumed. We will come back to, I want you to pay attention to that particular verse. We will come back to it. Okay, and I want to read it again. Very important instruction. It says, and it came to pass when they said, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. The next verse. And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Not so, my Lord. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. You see, so you see, we, we know what is good for us. We know what is better for us than God knows. He says, I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now, this city is near. It's near to flee unto. There's another city next to Sodom, not too far. And it is a little one. Oh, let me escape theta. Let me just go there. Is it not that little one? It's not far. You know, we don't have to travel all the way to the mountain, you know, going through the woods, climbing this. It's just this city just here. Is it not just close? Let us go there. And my soul shall live. Hmm. I will live. Don't worry. My soul shall survive. We will live. And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also that I will not overthrow this city for the which you thou hast spoken. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So I want us to just look at this, just go through this scripture and just learn something. You remember, Jesus warned us to remember Lot's wife. To remember Lot's wife. You see, of all the rebellious people, who turned against God in the Old Testament, one of the few that Jesus made reference to was Lot's wife, Mm. whose story was very brief. Mm. We didn't know a whole lot about her. It was a very brief, and that's all we know about Lot's wife in this scripture that we read. True. Where there was an encounter of deliverance and then her destruction. That's it. Very brief life. But something very profound about her life Mm. that Jesus made reference to Mm. and said, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Hallelujah. So in this scripture, in verse uh, verse 17, we are going to learn four powerful instructions to save you from backsliding. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You like that? Yes. I love it. love it. We are going to learn four powerful instructions to save you from backsliding. It says, and it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plains. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. 
So here in this scripture, they were given four instructions. Four instructions that will prevent them from being consumed. Or that will prevent you from backsliding. Okay. First, it says, escape for thy life. Or escape for your salvation. Mm. He said, escape for thy life. When they brought them forth, when they brought them out, he says, and it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that means when they have been taken out of Sodom, outside of Sodom, then the instruction was escape for thy life. Mm. The next stage is you. The next stage of your salvation, God has sent his son to die for you. The next stage of your salvation is you. You need to escape for your life. You need to escape for your salvation. God has done his part. God has taken you out of the world of darkness and has brought you into his marvelous light. The next stage is, is his escape. At that time, you are moving. God held them. They held them and they brought them out. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. And the next instruction is escape for thy life. Once Lot and his family were saved from the destruction in Sodom, it wasn't over yet. Mm. It wasn't over yet. They needed to escape for their lives. Amen. Hallelujah. If you don't escape, there is always a tendency to fall back to Sodom. There is always a tendency to fall back. You will look on Sodom and get a false sense of loss. Mm. Sodom will be so close to you and you look at Sodom and you feel a sense of loss. Mercy. Not knowing what the Lord has delivered you from. Did somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Sometimes you look at your friends in the world and you feel that they have a joyous, more prosperous life than yours. Mm. You are constantly with them. You see the cars they drive. You see mm. how they drink, how they party. And you look at your life and you feel a sense of loss. Because they are next to you. They are right. You can see. Mm. Mm. You are preaching. The way for your complete salvation is to escape for your life. Stay away from Sodom. Far from Sodom. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you feel like you are missing something as a Christian. True. And you can fall back. Or you can backslide if you continue to look and be close to Sodom. Mm. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 5, the Bible says, Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter Mm. and as a bear from the hand of the fowler. You deliver yourself. Do you understand? So, so when the roe, a roe is a deer. So when a deer, for instance, when the hunter catches a deer, 
and put a deer in a cage. Are you listening? Yeah. And now when a deer comes out of the hunter's cage, what do you think will happen to the deer if it just stays next to the cage? Recapture. You'll be recaptured. You go back in the cage. But the Bible says, escape, escape. It says, deliver thyself as a roe. Because when the deer comes out of the cage, I can bet you the deer is not going to stand um, next to the cage like he's posing for photographs. For memory. For old time's sake, which we will come to very soon. Take your time. Is somebody understanding the word of God this evening? Yes. Yes, right. Or as a bird from the hand of a fowler. Mm. So when the bird is caught and is put in a cage and the bird manages to come out of the hand of the fowler, the bird will just stand in the hand and just be standing there. The bird will fly away. And that is what the Bible is expecting of you. That when you are saved, when you accept Christ, you need to escape for your life. You need to escape for your life because escape means that it is dangerous to stay nearby. True. When you are told to escape, it means that staying nearby is a dangerous thing. True. It means you can be caught again. Hmm. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. It means run away as far as possible. Mm. Run for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you are saved, you cannot stay near Sodom. You cannot mm. stay where you were before. It says escape for your life. Run away from your the old life. Run away from the old lifestyle. Run away. Run away from where you were before. Because if you stay near, you'll be caught again. Mm. Hallelujah. The next one, it says, look not behind thee. You see, it says, look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. Do not look back. Do not look back. Looking back to the evil pleasures that you left in Sodom, looking back to the evil pleasures that you have left in the world, it will pull you back. True. True. So when they, he, they brought them out, he says, look not behind thee. Don't look back. Mm. Now, God's instructions, when you are given instructions, God's instructions, they are God's instructions. True. You will either carry them on or you'll be destroyed. Mm. Whether you understand it or not, it is just meant for you to follow. It is not for discussion. Mm. It is not for reasoning through it. Oh, what about my friends? What about this? What about what about all? The, I mean, we cannot leave all the memory. Look how many years we have lived in this city. I mean, we have memory. We have things. So, I mean, we have we have 
We have relationships. Yeah, that's why we create a distraction. He says, look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. Some of you, you talk about your worldly past with such passion. And with such pride, as though you miss this past so much. You remember your worldly past with such nostalgia. Hey, Lord have mercy. You know, some people are constantly talking about their past relationships. Hey. Their past boyfriends. Hey. Your ex. Hey. You know, my ex. Who is this? Oh, my ex. You know, you have given them name. My ex. Yeah. <laughs> you still call my ex. Your ex what? Though. What about your Y? Or your Z? As though. <laughs> My ex. You talk about your boyfriend, your girlfriend, talking about sometimes um, there are some people that talk so proudly about the number of girls that they slept with. Christians, I'm talking about Christians. God is saying, look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. We talk about the men, the rich men. Some, some women talk about the rich men that they have dated in the past. <laughs> Our wives say amen. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Sometimes you look at some photographs with such hey. joyous memory. You know, you look at some photographs and then you look at yourself and, you know, you, you, the people, even the people that you are taking the photographs with, and then you say, hey, gone are the days. Oh, look. <laughs> and you, oh, and you, you remembering. You are remembering. I have, I have nice legs. <laughs> you still have these photographs and you keep them. They are very, they, they are in a very special treasure box. But the Bible says, look not behind thee. And that means, look not behind thee. Amen. 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 Some of you have these photographs, and during this pandemic, you bring them out. And then you are looking at them. That is why you are not in church anymore, because it has taken you back. Mercy. This is for quiet time. (laughs) Having quiet time with these photographs. Amen. Sitting on your bed quietly meditating. Instead of the word of God, you are meditating the old memories. I mean, some of you, you can meditate and bring the memory back and recollect the pleasure and then you start to feel the pleasure. Mercy. With tears. (laughs) And you say, because I'm lonely. Do you see? You see, you, you, you think it's a joke. You see, you, you don't know a lot of reasons why people are not in church these days now, this pandemic. Look, when God says something, you may not understand it and may look very simple. But when he says, look not behind thee, look not behind thee. The Bible says, Forgetting those things that are behind us. 
forgetting those things that are behind us, I press on. I press on. I press on. I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. I'm forgetting them. If I want to continue in this faith, if I want to complete my work, I am looking forward. I'm forgetting those things that are behind and I'm pressing on. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you even, you compare your spouses, you compare your spouses to your old girlfriends. Lord have mercy. You compare your spouse to your old boyfriends. Sometimes openly. Sometimes in your mind. Openly. Mercy. Everybody know things. I'm preaching a good message. Preach on. I love it. You don't treat me like James. You don't treat me like Ben. You don't treat me like Frank. You don't treat me like Eric. Like Steve. You don't treat me like Steve. <laughs> like Brock. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, we are teaching powerfully. And then the things that Vivian used to do to me. Hey. You know, the things that Mary and I used to do. Hey. You know? I mean, you call this marriage the things that we have done. A Christian. <laughs> Reminiscing. Remembering the past. The Bible says, look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. So you can't separate me from my oh, family. you think what I'm saying is, is, oh. is something that doesn't happen among Christians. Hey, that they don't think back. You know this. If I didn't become a Christian, you would not have been the type of man that I would have married. If it wasn't for Christianity, you would not be the guy that I would have married. Do you know the kinds of women that I used to date? Do you know the kinds of men that I have moved with? The kinds of men that I used to date? Better ones, as you are fighting with your husband. Better ones, better ones. This is a person who is not going to last in the faith because you are constantly looking back. Looking back. Constantly you looking preaching. back. You are preaching. You are not going to last. Mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. Always that. comparing. Always, and then you are not happy. You are not happy in the relationship. And I can guarantee you that it's not going to last because you are looking back. In this book, Bishop talks about a new believer, a a Christian who was giving testimony. She was giving testimony about, you know, church salvation, her salvation. And so she says, oh, I was in the world. And, you know, when when I was in the world, I used to, you know, date all these men, you know, and we used to travel and we used to go to places, go abroad and shopping, and we, I mean, we used to go to clubs, dancing all night, or drinking, and riding in these, all these cars, nice cars, you know, and she's recollecting these things with passion, and, you know, expressing herself, and with joy, and then she says, and then I found Christ, and yes, my life. <laughs> Just, and then I found Christ, and here's my life. Forgive. And all that ended. 
you see. So it's like I came to Christ and my life is destroyed. My joy is gone. Miserable Christian. You are preaching. You see, looking back, you will not last long. Mm. You will not last long. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Not looking back means not keeping the worldly friends that you had. Amen. Amen. It means not keeping the worldly friends that you had mm. before you met Christ. You cannot keep the old friendship. You cannot maintain that friendship. You can't go out with the same friends again to those drinking places, the, the bars, and act Christian by taking Coca-Cola as they are drinking their beers and alcohol. And you say, I'm a Christian, I'm taking Coca-Cola. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? You know, sometimes at work, you know, they, they will say, oh, one of our colleagues uh, is leaving or maybe is moving out of state. And they want, because we have worked together for so many years, they want us all to gather together for, you know, a send off, you know, some, you know, like a memory night or evening like that. And then you ask them, where, where are we? Oh, this bar, you know, we are meeting at this bar and we're just going to have a few drinks and we're just going to chat. What is that? <laughs> well, look. I am not coming. So when they announce this, I am not coming. Not that I don't like you, but I cannot come there. You can't ask Christian and go and sit with them. And then as they are getting, give me another shot. Give me another, and you say, give me Coke. Is that why you are drinking? Yeah, give me Coke. I'll take Coke. That's one with your sad face. <laughs> you, you, <want> a <laughs> you see and then as you are drinking your coke you see them chatting happy laughing they are drunk and they are happy and laying on one another and you are sitting there and then you say gee I'm missing oh and this and then you look at them and you say, you see, they don't know what we have done in the past. They don't know. They don't know. Why are you doing there? What are you doing there? You are on your way to backsliding. Look not behind thee. Hallelujah. Look not behind thee. Psalm 1 verse 1. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That is a blessed man. That is a godly man. Hallelujah. He said, blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take. Standeth not in the way of sinners. You don't stand in their way. The path that sinners walk, don't stand in that path. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Or sit in the company of mockers. Mm. Amen. Mm. It says, look not behind thee. Looking back will cause you to stumble and fall. You try. You can never walk on a straight path if you are looking back. True. You can never walk on a straight path. Mm. 
no matter how many years you walk with Christ, if you continue to look back, you can never walk on a straight path. You can try it right now. Look back and draw a line and see you can walk on a straight line. By the time you realize you are falling off, that is why the Bible says, look not behind thee when you are walking with God. Look not behind thee. Amen. 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 The next instruction, he says, neither stay in the plane. Neither stay in the plane. Neither stay in the plane. Do you see? He says, when it came to pass, and, and it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, one, escape for thy life. Two, look not behind thee. Three, neither stay thou in all the plain. Neither stay thou in all the plain. Amen. Amen. When you get saved, don't remain in the same level. When you are brought out of Sodom, don't remain in the same level. Don't stay in the same plane. Too many Christians remain a Sunday-only Christian for too long. Yes, you came to church on a Sunday and you were born again. Don't remain a Sunday-only Christian. It is staying in a plane. You remain in a plane, never going high, never going up. You remain in a plane. Mostly, these are people who are backsliding. I'm telling you, the people who are mostly backsliding during this pandemic are Sunday-only churchgoers. You are preaching. Mostly. People who go to church Sunday, Tuesdays, prayer meetings, during this pandemic, they are not the ones who are backsliding. You are preaching. I'm preaching this message and I'm praying by the grace of God that they will also listen. Because we have 527 for our Sundays also. If you understand. What I mean. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So staying in a plane is a sign that you are going to fall back. These people who are Sunday church goers only, they, the only relationship they have is a relationship with the pastor and the few friends that they have in the church. Mm. They don't have a personal relationship with God. Since they became Christians, they have not developed a personal relationship with God. And so they cannot come. They, if they are not meeting in person, why bother? You are teaching. Why bother? When you are brought out of Sodom, your Bible reading must not be the same plane. If the only scriptures you hear are the ones that we read together on Sundays, you are not going to last. Hallelujah. Amen. Your prayer life must not remain in the plane Mm. when you are brought out of Sodom. You don't have your own prayer times. You don't have a time that you you pray on your own. 
You don't go on a prayer line. And even if you do, you wake up and then you go on the, the prayer line in the same posture as you were sleeping. Okay. The same posture. So are you surprised that you, you start snoring on the prayer line? You have not changed anything. The only thing that has changed is the phone that you turn on. You have made, you have positioned yourself in the same comfortable position. In fact, you prop up your pillow properly. Yeah. And then you position yourself, put the blanket over you, and you start praying. You have not gone far. You are in the same plane. Amen. Amen. When you are brought out of Sodom, you cannot remain with the same friends. Your friends must change. Change. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to make new friends with serious Christians. New friends with serious Christians. And I mean serious Christians. Don't remain friendship with dilly-dallying Christians also. It will not help you. Psychedelic. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I don't keep any friend whose lifestyle will draw me back into the things that I used to do in the world. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to it. Amen. You understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes, I'm not going back to it. I'm not going back. I'm not being friends. I'm not keeping company with any friend that I had done some worldly things with to continue in a company that we share and we talk about these things and remember them for what? Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Not on social media, not on any platform. We don't have a relationship. We cannot keep a relationship. If I'm having a relationship, then my goal is to convert you to be a Christian. Amen. But not so we can reminisce. Yeah. Talk about our old lifestyle. Childhood adventures. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. I don't visit yeah. such friends. I don't hang out with such friends. They are not friends to keep because they cannot help with my new found life in Christ. Mm. It will not help me. Hallelujah. That is why you will never see me in photographs with any group of people or any person who is holding a beer bottle, you know, and they are dancing and they are drinking and I happen to be in a a picture or I happen to be in a video or something like that. But Christians, Christians, you know, your friends are holding their, um, what is that beer bottle, the green one? What is that? Guinness Lager Beer. (laughs) Heineken. 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 Your friends are holding their Heineken and then you are also holding your Pepsi and, you know, you are dancing. Yeah, green to green. You know, by the time the next one we will see, you are also holding your Heineken. St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) <laughs> are you understanding what i'm sharing with you some of some some christians you know when they are having a, a, a gathering like they're having a wedding or they are having some form of you know naming or something like that the friends that gather the friends that come 
sometimes we as Christians, we feel we don't fit in. We feel very uncomfortable. Have you noticed that? Yeah. There are some people when they have an occasion and we go, the people, when you see the people coming, I mean, when you see them, you say, ah, this my daughter has these friends. Where are these people coming from? Or this my son. Where are they, who are these people? And they are more than us. Yeah, we've come. And they are waiting for all of us to leave. So they can be themselves. <laughs> the pastor is gone. You see, and then you see, when is the when is the pastor leaving? Let him pray and go. When is the pastor leaving? <laughs> when is the pastor? And of course, the Christians are also uncomfortable. And as soon as the pastor leaves, they are also gone. And that is the right thing to do. Because you should feel uncomfortable. Hmm. But the ones who are looking and also the memory has come. Oh. You will stay until closure because this is it. Ah, finally. <laughs> dancing for the last. One corona will not do no harm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I'm sharing yes. a very important message. Yes. Do not remain in the plane. You need to move on. You need to move on. Don't remain the same level. Don't remain the same level. You need to move on. And the next yeah. instruction, it says, escape to the mountain. Mm. Escape to the mountain. Okay. Mm. Escape to the mountain. You see, it is always easier to live in a plane than to live on a mountain. Do you see? Going up the mountain requires a lot of work and effort. Do mm. you see? It needs climbing. It requires climbing. You can never escape to the mountain without climbing. And anytime you climb, it requires effort. Have you not realized that you can, two people can get to the fourth floor in different ways and one will get there and then when you get there, you, are, you can't catch your breath. And another one will get there with ease because you took the <laughs> in the same plane. You were in the same plane and then you are there. Hmm. Climbing up is effort. True. Growing in your Christian life, it takes effort. We are preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, a lot of Christians, your mindset is not to experience any difficulty in your Christian walk. Yes. There shouldn't be any difficulty. You are someone who will not have to lose anything to be a Christian. And such a person will not last in the faith. Say amen. Amen. You will notice that the people who seriously do things in the church have the most, they are the ones who are mostly stable. If you notice, people who seriously do things in the church, even in this pandemic, you see that they are not affected. Hmm. If you compare them to others. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? If you want to be saved from Sodom, you must escape to the mountain. You must escape to the mountain. Going up the mountain is difficult. It's a difficult task, but that is what will keep you from Sodom. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
that is what is going to keep you from the wealth. If you want to stay in the same plane and not climb the mountain, you will be back in the wealth. I can guarantee you. So certain things that are done as a Christian, certain activities, they are like climbing the mountain. They are with effort. Okay, attending a midweek service is climbing the mountain. It is an extra effort, extra work. After work, some of you are at work and you are on. And you will notice that many people don't make that effort because it requires effort. It requires work. That is why many people will be on a Sunday service, but not many people will be on a midweek service. All night prayer meeting is climbing the mountain. Preaching. Amen. Amen. Some of you look like you don't understand the message. We do. We you understand the word of God. Yes. yes All night prayer meeting is like climbing the mountain. It takes effort. Mm. It's tiresome. Mm. It requires work. Mm. Amen. Amen. Dawn prayer meeting is an effort. Yeah, it's a mountain. To rise up at dawn to pray is an effort. Amen. Someone being devoted and sending you 6 a.m. devotion is an effort. You have to make the effort. Mm. It doesn't fall automatically. Do you understand? It doesn't come that it's programmed that 6 a.m. is sent to you. Somebody make the effort to get it to you. Which people just even ignore. And I was one time I was thinking of maybe you should just even stop doing this. Let them find because it's there. Everybody can get access. But we feel some people are still not there. So just put it in their lap put it in their lap and then they will perhaps by the grace of God and his mercies. It's an effort. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Fasting yes. is an effort. It's climbing the mountain. Fasting hey. is climbing the mountain. A huge effort. Amen. Amen. Going on evangelism is a climbing of a mountain is an effort. Mm. Witnessing to someone is an effort. Amen. 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 Visitation is an effort. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's climbing a mountain. Recording videos for a choir administration is a mountain. It's climbing a mountain. And that is why many people who want just light, plain work, easy work, they don't do it. True. Because you have to do a makeup, sit down, dress up, and record, and look at it, and you don't like it, and do it again, or you send it, and someone says it's not good, and then you have to do the makeup again and do it. It's an effort. You are preaching. You are preaching. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? But many people like to stay in the plane. Many people, even when they are, you are giving them the opportunity to choose work in the ministry, they want to stay in the plane. Yeah. Yes. 
Shepherd's meeting is climbing the mountain. Being a shepherd is climbing the mountain. If you want to be a shepherd and stay in the plain, you will never be a good shepherd. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes you ask somebody to join a ministry, they want the very stressless work. They want something that if I come on Sunday, then I can do it. That's it. No more. Maybe they want decoration. <laughs> do you understand? They want something that they come on Sunday and then they do. If they are there, they do it. If I'm not there, it's not, it's, it's, mm. it's not my concern. It's not the type of work that I want to take home and then Reverend will be calling me in the night and then I have to submit this and I have to do this and oh, I don't want those. It's just, it's just God we are selling, please. Mm. You don't think you should stress yourself at all as a Christian. You see, some people mm. feel like that. No stress, no stress for Christ at all. Hallelujah. Amen. When you are asked to pray all night, it is an effort. Amen. It's an effort that you have to make. And some of you, when you are asked that we are going to have a prayer, an all night prayer meeting, you think it's too extreme. It is too extreme. It is it's a headache. All night. All night prayer meeting. And you say, it's not good for my health. I have to have eight hours of sleep. <laughs> How can I come for prayer meeting all night and then I have to wake up in the morning to go to work? It's not good for my health. Something is going to happen to me. You know, let me just stay here. Look, look at verse 19, um, Genesis chapter 19 and verse 18. Look, look. And Lot said unto them, oh, not so. When they told him, when they gave him the instruction, he says, escape to the mountain. Go to the one before that. Verse 17. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Don't stay in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And what did Lord say? And Lord said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Why? All night. Why? Ah, what about maybe we pray in the <laughs> afternoon? Maybe 12 to 1, my last hour, something like that. Oh, that's one I can do. My lunch hour. Or 15 minutes. You know, I can take 30 minutes for my lunch and then we can pray. Reverend, can we do something like that? He says, oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight. And thou hast magnified thy mercy which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. You have saved me. I've received salvation. Is it not what we want? Salvation. I've given my life to Christ. I'm born again. What else? Oh, this is too much. We are taking the thing too far. I cannot escape to the mountain. That's what Lord said. I cannot escape to the mountain. Let some evil take me and I die. Praying all night. And then I don't sleep and I wake up and go to work as I'm, I'm going to die. Some evil, I'm going to be sick. Maybe I'm driving and I'll fall asleep and some evil will take me and I die. Nervous breakdown. Mercy, mercy, mercy. We're laughing at lot, but we're doing the same thing. Always. 
There's some evil before me and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee unto. This city is close by. 12 to 1, prayer meeting. Reverend, I tell you, I can do it. This city is nearby. It's small. That one is easy. (laughs) Lunch hour. Everyone takes lunch 12 to How about we make everyone take lunch 12 to 1? (laughs) We'll all be awake. (laughs) It's 5 a.m. prayer. Reverend, 5 a.m. 5 a.m. is hard, though, Reverend. It's hard. <laughs> hey, you mean we have to wake up at 5 a.m. to pray? What do we want from God? We are born again. What again? Salvation, we are saved. He says, I'm saved. You have saved me. What else? Escape to the mountain. Let me stay in the plane. Please, please, please. I'll come to church every Sunday. I'll come. I promise I come. You are preaching. Preaching wow, all night is too much, Reverend. If I fast, I may get ulcer, I may get ulcer. <laughs> it's not good for me, I may die from fasting. Oh, mercy. Hey. Amen. Amen. We don't want to climb the mountain, even Sunday service. Sunday service is too long. Right. Can we make it 30 right. minutes, maybe 25 30? And we're done. Reverend, all the things that you said, you could have said it in 30 minutes. Forgive. <laughs> Just go straight up. You give us the point. We will go and, like the people of Berea. We'll go. And... <laughs> That's all. Forgive. David, do you understand what I'm sharing? This is the mindset of Christians. Mm. Midway service is too much. Mm. I mean, one, one day a week is good for me. It's enough for me. You know, you Maybe preach powerfully on Sundays and that can take me through the week. It's, it's not good. It's just good enough. <laughs> Bible says, remember Lot's wife. wife. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Lot chose the three, Lot chose the easy plains. Mm. He chose the easy plains to remain in the easy plains. If their mindset was running and climbing a mountain, perhaps he would have saved his wife. Mm. But Lot's wife, because they were close by Sodom, she remembered the things that she had left. The friends, the girlfriends, the boyfriends, the photographs, the jewelry, the things that were behind that she left. <coughs> and she looked back. And that was her end. That was her end. Very brief life, yet such warning, strong warning coming from Christ. Says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. If Lot had not chosen the plains, if Lot had taken the move to go up the mountains, perhaps Sodom would have been too far for a memory. Perhaps Sodom would have been too far to look back at. I want you to take note. Lot's wife was almost saved. 
she was almost saved. She was out of Sodom, almost saved. All she needed was to follow the simple instructions. And she failed and she perished. She perished on her run for salvation. She perished on her run when she was running for her salvation. She looked back and she perished. Beloved, looking back will cause you to lose your salvation. Looking back will make you perish. When God gives simple instructions, let's obey it. And let's walk with it. And we shall make our salvation sure. Our time is up. Put your hands together for the Lord. And let's bring the service to a close. Let us pray. Stand to your feet. Let us pray. Father, we are thankful and grateful. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your simple instructions. Lord, give us the wisdom to obey your instructions. Father, though they may appear as very simple instructions, yet here lies our salvation. On these instructions hang our salvation. We pray, Lord, that we will be obedient to your simple instructions. We may understand. We may have different explanations and different reasons why we shouldn't. But Lord, give us the grace to obey you, to be obedient to your word. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are not born again. You want to give your life to Christ. You are listening to me. Perhaps you are not on video, but you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Master, and as your Lord. I want to pray with you. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I come to you just as I am. I come to you just as I am. Please receive me. Please receive me. Come into my life. Come into my life. I will choose you to be my Lord. I will choose you to be my Lord. I choose you to be my master. I choose you to be my master. I choose you to be my savior. I choose you to be my savior. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me tonight. For saving me tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sing, Shana. Thy God and King To you alone I see We believe you have been blessed with this powerful For message. Come and worship with us on the Zoom platform with ID number 823-299-84436. 
every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God richly bless you.